The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Hi, good morning. February 1st. We are here, a day from Groundhog Day. You know something? Mm. I mean, we broadcast from Texas, and everybody's talking. Not everybody. <laughs> but but it's being talked about, and you and I haven't talked about it yet. Everybody should be talking about it. Texas leaving the union because of all the border stuff. That's right. And then I'm reading from the New York Post, a leading Texas secessionist has claimed that the Lone Star State's breakaway from the union a movement dubbed Texic could mm-hmm. absolutely be closer than we think amid Governor Greg Abbott's battle with the federal government over control of the border with Mexico. We're at the point where it's on everybody's mind, both those for it and those against it, said Daniel Miller, Miller president of the Texas Nationalist Movement. Mm-hmm. Uh, the border issue has become at the forefront of the news cycle. And (laughs) Texit has become the natural, logical extension of what's happening down on the border. We're in the throes of getting what we've always talked about, which is a binding vote, a vote in which Texas uh, becomes a self-governing and independent nation. Now, nobody's paying attention to our suggestion, Mm -hmm. which we thought was the the best one. Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, we secede. And then we annex Mexico. And we combine all of our oil together. Oh, of course, we get rid of the cartel because we're Texas. The cartels. Uh, And then um, uh, we combine all of our energy resources together and rename our country Texaco. Yeah. Okay. That's always been. It may be taken, but all right. Yes. (laughs) He went on to praise Abbott for declaring that the Lone Star State's right to self-defense supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary. And his refusal to remove a razor wire barrier despite the uh, U.S. Supreme Court uh, ruling that it was unconstitutional. That's not correct. That's not accurate. Yeah. Who wrote this from the New York Post? That's not accurate. No, that's not accurate. It's not accurate. Texas was not ordered to do anything. Right. God, everybody. 
is anybody doing their damn job? <laughs> no, is I everybody saw, is everybody way, quiet quitting? I saw another article yesterday, the same thing. Governor Abbott's loss in Texas. Yeah. He Governor Abbott and the state of Texas was not ordered to do anything by the Supreme Court. There is no order. There was uh, an emergency grant uh, that would, or, or an emergency request that was granted to the administration saying the Border Patrol could remove the wire or cut the wire. It didn't say whether or not Texas could replace the wire. Yeah. And it's absolutely where it says uh, supersedes any federal statute to the contrary. And then it said, uh, and then this is not in quotes. And his refusal to remove a razor wire barrier, despite the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that it was unconstitutional. That came from the no. New York Post. Yeah, that's New York not, Post, get it right. Yeah, that's, that's not, not accurate. That's not accurate. Not accurate at all. And you, wow. you can see the editorials written on it, the, you know, uh, Abbott, you know, not abiding by the Supreme Court. Then you've had a few Republicans come out and say, we're glad that Abbott defied the Supreme Court. It's like, doesn't anybody care about the truth anymore? There was no order. I know. I guess not. I guess they don't. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Now, we have talked about the problems with secession. Mm-hmm. It's going to leave a lot of y'all without oil. Whether it was California or whatever. <laughs> because the it, now, this is the thing. Uh, do you think, because there is, I, I, I've got a couple of college friends that are, well, acquaintances. I really, acquaintances, I don't want to say friends, that just absolutely, you know, they, they live in the Northeast. They're liberals. Absolutely hate Texas. Right. That damn state. I mean, they're just, I mean, it's like, it's like, wow. <laughs> thank, thank you for allowing Texas to remain rent-free in your brain. 
because yeah. it's just you know they are so angry at anything that happens in Texas. And I'm just it's like must be horrible living there. It's like that's just pure ignorance. Well, I'm I'm surviving. I I read the liberal publication that says you're last in all freedoms. Well, yeah, that that's it. That's yeah. How do you how do you judge that one? Mm-hmm. Well, because they because because Texas doesn't have abortion rights. Right, exactly, exactly. Inevitably, they start with that one. They start and end with that one. Yeah. And so, uh, but I'm just, <laughs> but as we have said, the the big problem would be how do you negotiate? How do you negotiate the debt? Because if you were going to secede without a civil war, because it'd be like, I'm using my liberal, my old liberal friends. We hate Texas. Just go. Just go. Okay. Bye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait. You can't go yet. Why? Because we have $34 trillion in debt and Texas has to take their part of it. Oh, that would be a nice negotiation. Right. Now, that is what would cause a civil war. Right. <laughs> How do you apportion the debt? But hey, that's an idea. If I'm going to look at I'm and by the way, I'm, this is totally looking after my self-interest, which doesn't necessarily mean that I'm selfish in any way. Mm-hmm. But that would be great if the rest of the country wants us gone. Just go and don't even bring up the debt. Right. <laughs> then, then Texas will be debt free. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been doing this for such a long time that all the time, you know, since I've started doing talk radio, there's going to be a civil, you know, you callers, listeners, whatever. There's going to be a civil war. There's going to be a civil war. And we've often asked, well, who, who do you fight? You know, who are you going to be fighting? The things, as we have said before, if you want to get into that area of discussion on a civil war, there are really two things. One thing is when you have a federal government, as it's currently doing, uh, in a calculated and premeditated way, harming states. That, mm-hmm. you know, that is, you know, because that's what's that's what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. The other thing that would cause it is why we have the Senate and the Electoral College, and that is... Uh, not having representation. And if you look at the, uh, you know, the Revolutionary War, it was over the fact that the colonies were just, you didn't have representation. Right. You know, they just did whatever they wanted. And so those are the kinds of things that would cause a a, a civil war. You, the, you don't feel that you're represented. And as we've stated before, uh, that's why the Constitution was set up the way that it was set up. That's why you have a Senate. Because if everything is done by population, then that means Rhode Island, Wyoming, uh, Delaware, uh, Idaho. I'm trying to pick, you know, both both uh, uh, more red and blue states, smaller states, smaller population states. Maybe not geographically speaking, but smaller population states. They have no representation if everything is population. The two right, senators right. is what gives them that, right. and the electoral college gives them more oomph, uh, you know. And the founding fathers knew that if you did not, be, because they just came out of a uh, of a war, they came out of a civil war based on the fact of a lack of representation, 
And so the, what they wanted is if we're going to do it, we know we're going to have big states and small states. And so that's why you have a bicameral legislature. That's why you have right, right. the the House, which is the, you know, as they call it, that's the people's, the people's house. Mm. And then you have the the uh, the senators, which actually represent the state, the two senators. Right. And the left doesn't want that. Well, if you don't have that, that is the kind of thing that eventually leads a country to civil war when areas of a country don't believe they have any representation at all mm-hmm. in it. Right. Where you would have a, a country that would be run by Texas, California, Florida, New York. We're throwing Illinois. Well, it, it would be like a lot of things. Liberals would, would scream, yay, they would applaud, mm-hmm. and then they would realize, oh, wait, you can't leave. Get back here. <laughs> you must stay. We need you. And so, you know, you would get the full circle uh, fairly quickly. But, you know, and, and it's interesting because part of the discussion is, is here every time Texas tries to do something to secure the board of the federal government comes in and intervenes. That actually isn't the that actually isn't the number one concern. The number one concern is the federal government in a premeditated and calculated way. That's their goal is to harm a state. Right. That's their goal. Right. It's to harm a state. And the, and then the next constitutional issue, which will be discussed, you know, probably in the Supreme Court <laughs> coming to a session near you mm-hmm. is does a state have a recourse when the federal government does not abide by the the actual law by constantly declaring an emergency but that emergency is only being done to damage states and now you can say we can add Denver to the list now right sure yeah did that story earlier the sanctuary cities all the states where the sanctuary cities uh, are where uh, you have migrants going to, including Denver now, that you view and you say the federal, and they're admitting it. Denver was saying it, you know, Denver, the mayor of Denver was saying it. We need more state and federal help. We got to have the federal help, the federal help. Well, why are you screaming for the federal help? You're a sanctuary city. Well, because the federal government caused this, which means the federal government caused it, which means they're damaging you. What you- is the recourse of states and cities, and Texas is ground zero for this, when it comes to the federal government purposely damaging a state. Right. Or any other particular area. And they're, they're not following the law to do it. And that's where you come in, and if, it's, if, if, you, if you come in and say the state has no recourse at all if the federal government wishes to damage them, that's a problem down the line. That's a huge problem down the line. In, in many other issues, because yeah. it's like what happens at that point when you have a rogue federal government, not a rogue state, but a rogue federal government intent to harm states that don't agree with them politically? Well, then administrations could just basically go to war with the states of the opposite party. Exactly right. Yeah. And Trump, then, and Trump v. California. <laughs> well, well and, 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 and then the, the, the power is the federal government over the states in a country where the states actually created the federal government. Right. 
with supposedly limited authority. Hmm. Yeah. And if the Supreme Court came back and said, no, it's okay, you have no recourse if the fe- if the executive branch, it's not even Congress doing it. Right. Think about it. It's not even Congress damaging it. You can actually make the case it's not the con- it's not the federal government doing it. It is just the president not following the law who was doing it, mm-hmm. which actually probably gives more oomph uh, to your lawsuit instead of right. saying the country damaging right. you. Right. The just you know one part of it the 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 part of the government that does not have legislative authority right, and then claiming publicly that he has no power to fix it, that Congress needs to give him the power. Think about all that. I mean, it is absolutely bizarre how they're handling this. It's radical, and there's no other way to describe it. Yeah. We'll get more to the actual border bill because this is also, you just, you shake your head in disgust. You know, I, I may not, well, hope, I think I can make it till tomorrow. I may need the weekend, though, to recover. Yeah. From the idiots out there. Yeah. Or, or the people that are the conniving people in government today. And we'll get to the specifics of it following the bottom of the hour here with the uh, the latest story of the border bill yeah. out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Insane. Eight, yeah, it is. 86690-RED-EYE. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Food is medicine. The theme of a Health and Human Services Summit Wednesday. Among the subtopics discussed, the power and importance of nourishment. At USDA, we're making a concerted effort to be sensitive to a variety of points of view when it comes to food. That's why the nutrition programs that we operate are really focused on trying to create healthier choices, trying to create those young children having that first opportunity to experience fruits and vegetables and healthy foods. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack among the panelists covering this subject at the event. We're also, I think, sensitive to the need for us to adjust our programs so that they are called sensitive that there are different needs and different diets and different food needs as a result. The secretary adds the focus of food as medicine also provides an opportunity to shift the focus of ag production from quantity to diversity. That recognizes that so many small and mid-sized producers need different sources of income and different streams of income in order to survive in order to thrive. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Senex Fuels and Lubes. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, this audio cut is from uh, Speaker Mike Johnson uh, yesterday as the Republicans in the House go after this hypothetical border bill. I mean, I don't know what yeah, to call right. it. Yeah. The impending border bill coming from the Senate mm. uh, someday in the future, near or far. But here he is. <laughs> Since President Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas assumed office, There have been more than 7 million encounters with illegal aliens just at our southern border alone. 
35 of our 50 states, including my home state of Louisiana, don't have a population that large. Yet that's how many people have been apprehended in just the past three years. Among those who've been apprehended on the southern border, but between ports of entry, more than 300 individuals who are on our terror watch list. Terrorist watch list. The, the frightening question is, if so many terrorists were caught attempting to cross our borders, how many have entered undetected? We suspect it is a much higher number. And we know that there are at least 1.8 million gotaways that we know have escaped uh, CBP. Who knows what dangerous plans those gotaways are making and, and, and what foreign adversaries they may be speaking with. Understand the situation at our border presents a clear and present danger to our national security, and it demands that it be addressed. Uh, I, I think this is the, re, re, you know, Republicans deciding the, you know, the marketing. Uh, and again, you market anything out there. I want to make that clear. When I say marketing, I'm not cheapening yeah. what they're doing at all. It's just you have to market and sell any idea. Right. And the idea is they're, they're, they're trying to, you know, because the, the, there is a train of thought that invasion means only a state uh, you know, a uh, sovereign state comes into your country that they're setting it up here saying, no, this is an invasion using exactly what exactly what we have said over the last couple of days. Yep. Johnson did yesterday, yep. which is has been over 300 that have come in already. Yep. We know that. Yep. That's an invasion of people on the terrorist watch list. How many others have come in? And we know and this is where you make the proof. We know that what happened in 9-11 was an invasion they just decided to be innovative in how they invade us yep. and so just because the enemy decides to evolve and, ev and invade in a different way does not make it any less of an invasion i think that's probably and i just did that ad lib that's probably you know around how you would attempt to sell it sure you bet America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. I can't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow really is just a microcosm of my entire talk radio life. Groundhog Day, the same crap day in and day out for 35 years from government. Here we go. <laughs> but this, you and I had talked about this uh the last couple of days with this whole budget bill thing especially when the leaks started coming out from both liberal and conservative media mm -hmm. and it said hey this is what's in the bill yeah and it's like mm -hmm. oh wow well no this this is horrible you can't do this right and when that started then you had uh, uh you know langford senator langford come out uh and others and say that's not what's in the bill that's not what's in the bill how dare you say that Yes, we've come to an agreement on a ton of things, but that's not in the bill. What is in the bill? Hmm. Don't yell at don't yell at me because you won't have a a transparent exercise. And then 
after we had talked about that the last couple of days and spent a significant amount of time yesterday talking about it. Then I saw Andrew McCarthy's column, <laughs> uh, Fox News contributor, National Review writer here in National Review. Senator Cinema's unconvincing defense of a still unseen Senate border deal. Because uh, now she's the latest one to come out. Right. It's surprising for Cinema and others to blast critics for peddling misinformation when they have yet to release the text of what they say they've agreed to. <laughs> Cinema lashed out at critics of the Senate border deal. In her defense of the deal, still unpublished terms, however, the Arizona Independent, formerly a Democrat, uh -huh. proves the point that negotiators are contem uh, contemplate undercutting existing laws that require detention and rapid ex expulsion of illegal aliens. That's the official term, and that's why he's using that. Mm -hmm. President Biden has all the authority he needs to address a crisis that he has caused by not using it. It's quite something for cinema. James Langford, the Oklahoma Republican, leading the GOP side and other deal makers to blast their critics for peddling misinformation when they have yet to release the text of what they say they've agreed to. That's great work if you can get it. Don't show other lawmakers the terms selectively leak parts of the agreement to friendly journalists and then complain that it's the other side that's not playing fair. According to Politico, and this is the best part here, because th this is what we said, this bill, we have, we have laws in the books right now. These would be laws that would be a lot less strict than oh, we yeah. currently have. Oh, yeah. They're not strengthening the law. They're weakening the law. Right. According to Politico, Cinema added, the rumors that are swirling about what this legislation does are wrong. Our bill ends catch and release. I'm not even going to read the rest of it yet because I want to go to what McCarthy said. What do you mean our bill ends catch and release? This is the BS that you get from these people. Catch and release is already against the law. Yeah, right. Our existing immigration statutes require that illegal aliens who attempt to enter the United States shall be detained until the conclusion of their removal proceedings, even if they have a fear of persecution claim. And he, again, gives you the section, you know, of the law mm -hmm. that states that. Right. Catch and release is happening because Biden won't enforce the law, not because we need new authorities. So she writes, the rumors are swirling about what the legislation does are wrong. Our bill ends catch and release. It's already supposed to be ended. It's already in the law. It ensures the government both has the power and must close down the border during times when our system is overwhelmed, which is every day. Exactly. Somewhere on the right. border. Sure. And it creates new structures uh, to ensure that folks who do not qualify for asylum cannot enter our country and stay here. He goes, where to begin? And then he did the whole catch and release uh, thing. He goes, it's already illegal. What do you mean you're going to make it illegal? It's already illegal. Biden isn't following it. And now you're saying, well, we're going to do, this is almost like double secret probation. <laughs> we're going to double make 
catch and release against the law, and maybe then he'll pay attention We're to it. We're really going to make it against right. the law. Yeah. The Border Patrol uses a euphemism in counter to describe its interactions with the legal border crosses because its agents do not detain them. Biden, moreover, declines to use the detention space we have. Congress provides for only about 30,000 detention spaces, yet while Biden doesn't fully exploit even those paltry resources, he continues to allow millions of illegal aliens to enter, over 6 million so far, when we tally up those released into the country following their apprehension and those not apprehended at all because government agents are so overwhelmed by the administrative work of processing illegal aliens, they are not uh, uh, they are not performing their principal duty of patrolling the border. The uh, Center for St- uh, Immigration Studies chief uh, reports that the Biden administration has asked for progressively less money each year for detention, has terminated contracts with private firms and local governments to provide detention space and is closing a 2,000-bed detention center in California that's virtually empty. So, cinema, if illegal immigrants are crashing the ports of entry and otherwise sneaking in by the thousands per day, B, Biden has already released millions into the country, even though the current law required their mandatory detention, and C, we already lack anything close to sufficient uh, detention space, even as Biden won't use the space that is available right now, how are you ending catch and release? Why would anyone believe that an administration that ignored current law mandating detention will detain just because you passed another law? We've been saying that in the, yep. in, in the overall sense. What is, what's going to change enforcement of the law? If the border is not simply closed, where is the government planning to detain the hundreds of thousands of illegal aliens crossing the border each month? What happens to the millions already at liberty who are supposed to be detained and rapidly removed? Cinema elaborated that under the deal, illegal aliens who claim asylum at places other than ports of entry would be detained immediately and remain detained while their claims are adjudicated. But that is what is supposed to happen under current law. Ergo, rather than strengthening border security law, the senators contemplate uh, markedly weakening it. Wow. And he just goes on and on and on and on with all the BS that we're, that we're hearing. And the, the problem is... You have Republican senators also negotiating uh, with the Democrats to weaken current border law. Not strengthen it, weaken it. Exactly. By the way, I think Corrine Jean-Pierre let the cat out of the bag the other day. There are different definitions of closing the border, which is exactly what you would hear if this bill's allowed to pass. And Sinema's claim that Senate dealmakers are ensuring that the government both has the power and must close down the border during times when our system is overwhelmed. The president has the power right now to ensure that the border is closed. There is no need to wait for a system to be overwhelmed. Wow. Whenever the president finds that the entry of any aliens or any class 
of aliens into the United States would be detrimental to the interests of the United States, he may by proclamation uh, and for such a period as he shall deem necessary suspend all entry of aliens or any class of aliens as immigrants or non-immigrants. In construing the breadth of authority vested in the president by that statutory provision in combination with the president's inherent national defense power under Article 2 of the Constitution, um, uh, Chief Justice John Roberts wrote for the Supreme Court in Trump uh, versus Hawaii. By its terms, it excludes deference to the president in every clause. It entrusts to the president the decision whether and when to suspend entry of aliens who would be detrimental to the national interest. This is in the law right now. Right. That's why I'm reading it. I hope this isn't too boring, but we need to get into the minu- we need to get into the minutia of this because they're trying to sell you something that you already have in this country. Right. In while order, while it, also changing other parts of right. it to open the border right. even further right. permanently. To weaken immigration law exactly. by telling you that they're strengthening it. So the Democrats are lying. Understand this though too. By what Langford is doing and any other Republican, they are lying to you, as we stated the last couple of days. The president, as he writes her, Andrew McCarthy, has all the authority he needs right now to shut down the border this second. And what are the senator and her colleagues talking about when they envision times when our system is overwhelmed. The system is overwhelmed now. Exactly. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's absolutely insane. But what, what they're doing, understand, Cinema's lying to you. Langford's lying to you. Any Republican who is for this is lying to you about the bill is lying to you about the entire scenario, about what current law is versus the law that they wish to put in now. They're lying to you. Yep. Sema's fundraising has slowed way down, and now there's even more of a question as to whether she's going to run. Well, but the other thing is, so it's time for it's time for the Republicans in the House to confront those GOP senators and say, stop lying. Yep. Stop making this crap up. Right. Well, and, you know, I it's, mean... It's time to be blunt. As I've, we've said before, there's no reason for conservatives to lie on any issue. There is a reason if you're promoting liberal ideas or you're promoting something that you don't want the public to see, there is an incentive to lie, and that's why they're lying. Well, and, and, and at first I was encouraged that in the House, you know, they're going to shut this whole thing down. But then I found out it was because in the House they're too busy passing welfare bills. <laughs> I thought, silly me, they were standing on principle. Oh, I'm sorry. That's that's the landscape right now for the GOP. The House GOP, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Now let's get this welfare bill passed yeah. so we can send it over to the yeah. Senate. We're not going to lie about the border. We'll just lie to you about uh, about, about welfare. Ab- about welfare, right. Yeah. Because they are. 
They are. So you've got the GOP senators lying about the border bill, and you have the majority of the Republicans in the House lying to you about the tax bill that is a welfare bill. Right. That's that's the makeup right now on Capitol Hill for the GOP. Well, you, the, actually, it's good because we're able to take two things that happened yesterday and go, see? There you go. There it is. It's something that we've been saying for the longest time. Right. But there's there's the example right there. Right. Pretending to stand on principle on either. That's laughable. Well, I, I, you know, there's only a handful that are. We should all stand for principle sometimes. We should. That's, you, my, when, that's my principle. When it, when it fits our schedule, <laughs> when it fits our liking, we should do it. Eight six possibly eight six six ninety red eye. We'll be right back with more red eye radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know the benefit of being a conservative slash libertarian right now and what? telling and, and telling the truth as we are, as we talked about the budget bill uh, where Republicans are lying mm-hmm. <laughs> about it being a tax bill where it's a welfare bill, mm-hmm. and uh, the, GO, the uh, GOP and the Senate lying about the border bill, right. uh, is the fact that as a true conservative libertarian who wishes to get out the truth, we're to the point of, I've, I'm to the point of I've always wanted to get to. Every party hates me now. Republicans hate me. Yep. Democrats hate me. Yep. Independents don't like me. The No Labels Party hates no us. No Labels Party hates us. Yep. The Communists hate us. Yep. The Socialists hate us. Right. The Squad hates us. That's right. I'm exactly where I want to be in life. Yeah. That's I'm good my with badge that. of honor. I'm good what, with that. What is the most successful thing you ever did in life, Gary? You've got all the political parties to hate me. Yeah, it's um, it's uh, pretty easy right now, and and I, you know, what's going to happen next in the Senate? The GOP calls to the House GOP. Hey, listen, if uh, you guys pass our border bill, then we'll pass your welfare bill over here. I mean, what kind of deals are they going to try and make on these things? Mm. What a mess! No. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're gonna pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra five to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.